Welcome to The World We Deserve, the officially unofficial podcast for True Detective on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 4, Episode 3, Night Country Part 3. We just finished watching it. Uh, Aaron, how you feeling? Halfway through I'm the season. I'm feeling like you, you look very much like... Uh, 40 year old dad harry potter with those glasses on <laughs> there, there's some tim you glasses look like, while i get my lenses replaced on my actual glasses yeah you look like the prologue harry potter from the the eighth movie man oh, or no the epilogue oh, he looks he, he looks he looks like <laughs> epilogue potter man he just needs a lightning bolt scar on his See, head i don't um, get the references i know that's what's so funny about it hmm. uh I, I feel like team rationale is taking it on the chin this week man yeah yeah yeah. This is a big old big old spook show it's turning into. I'm not mad about it, but uh yeah, like the the thing that you got to cling to, I guess, is Evangeline just been just just been drinking gallons of that black yeah. water. Yeah, the and black water. She's just she's just full to the gills uh crazy juice. Um, yep, got water on the brain. Yeah, I, I, that's, I, I yeah. can only hope. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, they're they're using so so. Here's the thing that I've noticed about the season is they're using traditional horror storytelling methods mm-hmm. to find their way through this case. And whether it turns out to be like actual horror or whether it turns out to be just kind of you know grim stuff like True Detective typically is, we'll see. I guess in the fullness of the season, but. Yeah, I, I definitely, like, when a dead guy sits up and says, your mother has talked to me and she really wants you to come be dead with her, mm-hmm. that's a good indicator that something spooky's going on. And, and granted, he's not dead. I, I think the thing that really got me is him using her taxpayer name, you know, just, like, hitting her mm-hmm. with the Evangeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, how the hell? But on the other hand, like, would she hallucinate him in his, like, Dutch accent? I was trying to think of like what's to tell of her hallucinating. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess she did just hear him talk, but he wasn't. He was just kind of screaming. I didn't even kind of get his accent until he was talking in his normal, I guess I would say, satanic tones. Um, <laughs> uh huh. There's just a lot of mystery, and I I felt like <clears throat> there's like two or three episodes worth of mystery because I feel like. Um, uh, you know, when they got to the point where it's like, oh, look, this is a candid, which implies there's a third person. I'm like, oh, wow, I can't wait to tune in here to episode four to find out who that person is. Smash cut, we're at that person. Like, whoa, it's like the, the case is flying by at a breakneck pace, which, again, I like, but... Well, they got uh, two murders to solve here, right? They got, well, a lot of murders. They got two instances of murder. Uh, they got know. the scientist and they got Annie. I mean, you got to solve them both, right? Annie's starting to seem like she got polar bared. Uh, she got ice. She got wampered. She's like Luke Skywalker defini- without the Force. Definitely in an ice cave uh, at the end, based on the background. Or maybe she's you know doing photo replacement stuff on her. Like she, that's a Snapchat filter or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, she's definitely in an ice cave. What's the star-shaped wounds? Do, do polar bears have star-shaped teeth, or is that... <laughs> this one does. Filed them down. He's yeah, hardcore, yeah. man. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, that's, uh, no, that's a commi- I mean, commitment to the bit. It doesn't have to be a polar bear, but it's a pretty good guess. But the star-shaped what? stuff, yeah, that doesn't make any sense if it's a polar bear. 
what do we make of the the Hank truthers being right? I thought that was a big reach. I thought Hank was just all Twitter pated with the uh, with the Russian bride, but they make a kind of compelling case that he might be he he might be throwing the case at some for, at, at some level. Yeah, and I don't know why yet. Um, I mean, it could be for the mine. If the mine goes away, his job probably goes away too. Uh, would he? But, as a police officer, I guess uh, maybe you don't have as many people if the mine shuts down. Yeah, that's the thing. If the whole town just disintegrates and they, because you know it's hard uh, to go back to <laughs> the the way that the town was before it completely changed, right? Well, plus it's a fun fact in Alaska. If your town dips below a certain population size, the uh, Royal Mounties just come over and just take over. <laughs> okay, they just ride over, uh, ride over on moose and their and their red jackets, and you know, yeah. it's like Yosemite Sam. They just fire their guns and and the Americans cow and and terror. So I, I could see not wanting that happen in your town, but uh, yeah, I, I guess you're right. There's good old fashioned naked interest, but I I mainlined the truth of the universe, aka season one of True Detective. Uh, since we last talked, I watched the whole damn season in the last like three days, and uh, someone someone tweeted to me because they that you know, everybody's doing this now. I think uh, one of the awesome things about season four of True Detective is everybody going back and watching season one of True Detective. Yeah, but one of the things because you know you remember it being like a big victory for Russ and Marty, right? They found the the giant with the scarred face and. Uh, you know, but uh, the, 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 a big, big time uh, child murder in Louisiana put down. But Russ makes that a point. It's like you know they find this videotape of like all these men, you know, hurting all these these kids, and he's like, this is just like one person. Like you know, we we didn't get them all, Marty. And Marty's like, well, we got we got our guy. Uh-huh. And with Russ Cole connected, it's like I do wonder. You're right. It's like the, the easiest explanation is like the mind is paying him off to make it go away for some reason. Um, but I guess if I'm going to play my Danvers, uh, number one, it, it does feel like it might be connected with the Tuttles and all that stuff. But also if I ask the question, if Hank's covering for the, why would the mine cover up a monster attack or a polar bear attack? Like, did she get into one of their mines at the same time a polar bear got into the mine? (laughs) And they're just yeah. like, oh my god, we have liability here. The, the the corporate lawyers is like, you got someone left a chain link un un undone. The polar bear got in. The activist got in. You're on the hook. Yeah, it's staged I mean. it to make it look like a murder. What? The polar bear stuff is not making sense. I guess uh, the star shaped stuff. Yeah, the cover up. Why a cover up if somebody just got murdered by a polar bear? It doesn't doesn't make any sense. We don't know that Hank's covering anything up yet, but it seems more and more like it. So. Yeah, polar bear seems like a red herring. And again, I ask, are like Danvers and Hank co-captain of this football team? What the fuck? How is he leading a search party of deputized yokels without her knowledge or certainly against her will as he's stealing yeah. a bunch of... Dep- I'm, I, I, I tell you what, I will be actively pissed if by the end of next episode I do not more understand what the fuck is going on with Hank and Danvers and like why... I'm he with just you. gets to do whatever the fuck he wants to do on a big time investigation where there's eyes on him and she's just like whatever, and it seems like that's just the way she runs her department. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, the more and more we see of Hank, I remember what everybody's commentary was on him in the first episode, and it's 
so completely different than what I think of Hank now. Hank is not just mm. some dumbass who's oblivious and, you know, fixated on his Russian bride coming over and just forgetful and whatnot. He's actively malicious and dangerous, and he, he seems like a bad yeah. guy. Uh, yeah. He's a hothead, call. absolutely. I mean, he hits his son for a oh, real reason. Um, here he's challenging Liz, you know, face-to-face, essentially just, like, inviting her to take a swing at him or something, uh, which she Mm -hmm. almost does. And, yeah, I just... He's he's a nasty guy. Uh, I don't know what what Liz's hang-up, though, is with checking him because she kind of lets him... You know, she'll throw coffee in his face and she'll tell him to get back to work. But what I'm with I'm with Evangeline there. What what was that? Like, that wasn't mm-hmm. a punishment. That wasn't putting him in his place. That was just status quo. Well, almost like even before we got there, when they're in the car and Evangeline is laying out the case of, you know, why I think Hank is submarine in this case. And like Danvers is like not wanting to go there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why the fuck would you cover for this guy? It's there's something, and she's communicating with crazy. him almost exclusively through Pete, which I think is weird. I don't know if she's intimidated by him or God, no, can't be. There's, there's something be in their something. history that well, and also, is this. so Evan, is it because is she trying to keep secret the fact that her and Hank did hook up? Because I thought it was interesting how Navarro said it's possible. she goes, I don't I don't shit where I eat or I don't fuck where I eat. She's like, anymore. Because we know she fucked Eccleson. Yeah, Connolly. Uh, Connolly. Mm. And I just assumed from like the way I you know, the, the way things were going and also some of the, the preseason kind of like chatter that these people were in a relationship, but it seems like maybe that isn't common knowledge and they're doing something with the hidden nature of um, what Clark and uh, Annie's relationship and yeah. but like at what point is it like who cares like apparently everyone knew you fucked Connolly and that was a scandal and mm-hmm. you seem to fuck a bunch of people around school or around the town and that seems to be kind of scandalous it's like just get him off the force man is she worried about like a sexual harassment suit I don't know I don't know what like hold the- he has on his position here I wonder if that's what it is that he's like got some kind of trumped up uh, or maybe real like you know maybe she mm-hmm. came on to him and she was his superior and that's pretty open and shut i don't know yeah could be um yeah we'll we'll see more uh hopefully next episode we'll learn a lot more about that because i'm dying to know too uh i'm really just there's so much stuff man so much information here uh you think New there's twist anything and in shout. that? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. You think there's anything in that evidence room that is going to be more important than just, hey, there were selfies here and then some shots that uh, somebody else took, so we know that someone talked gotta to them. Gotta be all that weird shit's gotta be. Yeah, all the bones important. and stuff. I mean, there's the phone. I guess that came back, right? So now they know yeah, about the ice cave stuff. So right, which we didn't, we don't know how Pete hacked that phone, but he did. Uh, I don't know. And you send these bodies off to Anchorage, right? That's where they're headed. So they don't have this physical evidence anymore. They're kind of relying on whatever Connolly's going to give them. I, I, does that guarantee that her and Connolly are going to sleep together again? It's pretty much guaranteed when they said this was the last time. But yeah, but is it extra guaranteed now? Over and under. Over under. Where you where you like it? I'm I'm, I'm thinking three. <laughs> I'm thinking three. Top or bottom? I actually think three is the number. Three more times this season. 
Yeah. No, no, no. Three of total. Total. They'll bone three times. Oh, okay. So two more. Uh, yeah. Half the episodes they'll be boning. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll take the under if you're going over on that. We'll see. No, I think it's three. I'm just calling it three. Oh, okay. I'll take two. Two sounds good. Okay. All right. <laughs> two sounds good, does it? Yeah. Um. So I want to talk about the twist and shout revelation because we seem that... Uh, here, here's another True Detective Chestnut where the two detectives, uh, you know, are recalling a case and they're saying what the words out of their mouth is one thing and then the flashback is telling us another. Mm-hmm. We're hearing murder-suicide. Um, so that guy implies that guy gets his head blown off. Uh, but what we – but, uh, yeah. So who who do you think – Who's your money on who shot who? And I, there's mm-hmm. an interesting suggestion in chat is like maybe that's the the, the source of the Hank, uh, that's Liz possible. beef because he when 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 Peter asked him because you know Peter's doing something smart he's trying to fish for information not saying he knows the story. I thought Hank played pretty coy there. That was definitely something I wanted to bring up. Yeah, if H- Hank might know everything about that case, um, but. Th- in my opinion, the easy call here is that Evangeline shoots him. But I don't know. Because the swerve is Liz actually shot him. I, how I long feel like ago that's that? the swerve. Six uh, years? They don't, we don't know how long ago the Wheeler case is. It was sometime before. Was Annie. Okay. So Hank is the one that took Evangeline off the Annie case. Mm. So I'm guessing, and then Liz is the one that busted her off the force. Yeah. So there had to be, it had to be post Annie, but before obviously she was thrown off the force. Or wait, no, okay. it wasn't post. Was it post Annie? I, I when, when do you think the flashback to the midwifery happened? Uh, it was like a year before they, Annie died. Several years because she they, was still wearing her APF uniform. Seven years ago, right? April twenty second. Seven years ago. I don't have okay, to guess. Okay. Okay. It says it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so that's a year before. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it could be between it, then it, and now. Yeah, it has to though, because mm-hmm. like Hank wasn't still the making the shots because Liz said she's the one that transferred her. Which makes a lot of sense if uh, Evangeline shoots her right. She's got this sort of pent up uh, animosity toward guys who hurt women, especially native sure. women, and like that would happen after any case. So, you where do you gauge this him. information? in terms of gauging the swerve, as you say. Um, the way Evangeline was trying to... It seems like she's the one trying to bring it up, and she, it felt like she was trying to reassure Liz. Like, hey, that Wheeler case, we did the only thing we could do. It's kind of like... It sounds to me like something you'd say to a fellow cop if they did something crazy and you're trying to excuse it, rather than, like, yeah, you're looking Vic for Mackey absolution. Tells you. Yeah, after you yeah, get... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> after you get in from a long night out yeah. with him, yeah. Yeah. For sure, no. Uh, that's the thing. That's why my my gut says they're going to swerve us on that. But it makes way more sense right now with what we know for Evangeline to shoot him. It's also super interesting to contrast that with season one, where you know Marty kills Reggie Ledoux because um, he just convinced that he's the killer. Just ki- you know, he finds those kids in the in in the uh, the box truck locked up, and he just comes out, blows his head off. And, you know, Marty, you know, years later lays it at his feet. He's like, look, if you hadn't, you know, not for nothing, if you hadn't done that, we might not have had a whole bunch of dead kids. You know, we might have gotten to the bottom of the thing. We asked this guy some questions. So I wonder if they're building a similarity where it's going to turn out. 
because clearly the other guy is uh, um, the um, the ex um, equipment engineer uh, mm. Tagak was that his guy's name? Mm-hmm. He knows he knows a hell of a lot about what's going on at Slal Station. Probably. His reaction was interesting. He hears about the deaths. He gets very sad momentarily, but then he gets very angry. Yeah. And why the hell did the cleaning lady and the delivery guy not mention, oh, yeah, uh, these guys are pretty insulated. No one goes in, no one goes out, except for the one dude that came in and out. Yeah. Uh, That didn't show up on Peter's research. I mean, I guess that he has no, like, government contact information at all he doesn't have like a birth certificate social security number he's like off the fucking grid but still you think the cleaning lady and the delivery guy would have known unless they're all new how how does that work i mean it's partially funded by the tuttles right the the tell united but it's got to be government sanctioned i mean these research stations they're not privately owned in these areas so like the guy has to have information. He has to have a birth certificate. He has to have something in order to become a scientist working at Salal. The Tuttles don't just say, hey, we got this guy we want to hire. Don't ask for his identification or his credentials. <laughs> Maybe in Alaska? Or they... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I would buy that there is forged credentials. But, like, okay. no credentials is weird. Yeah, the fact that there's just no records for him. But that yeah. was that was also a thing that they had going on in season one of True Detective. But it was always excused by like, oh, the hurricane came through and it flooded the files, or sure, the files mm-hmm. got computerized back in 1995, and all this other stuff. It's like here, it's like, well, the files got stolen by Hank, and also this publicly funded research station just didn't keep any. It, it, it is weird. Yeah, what else does Hank have in his house? He's probably got a lot of a lot of dirt. Polar bear. He's got a polar bear <laughs> in a crawl space. Um, what do you make of the the baby births? We see one that was like a scare that it might be a stillbirth mm-hmm. and then an actual stillbirth. Uh, clearly, this is tied to the mining. Yeah, they they make it they make it pretty explicit because um, it, it's it's interesting to me. So so those are years apart, right? And you could imagine that mm-hmm. the the pollution would get worse and worse as they continue to mine. Sure. So, you know, you what may result in a near stillbirth results in uh, actual stillbirth later. Um, sure. The thing that really struck me was when they have Liz go to the the wake or the morning, I don't know what you would call it, um, for this child, this stillborn child. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, she's kind of like, what the hell am I doing here? I don't think I really belong here. But she's she's trying, right? Like Leah would say. Um, mm-hmm. She's trying to care about mm-hmm. the place. And then, boom, they smash cut right to her washing her hands in this filth. Yeah. And they're... I, I feel and like they're making the explicit connection there. Like, this is a stillbirth because of the water here. And she was washing... That wasn't... Was she, she wasn't back at her house, right? That was... I think she was at, in their house, yeah. Okay, so this, Not that's hers. also, I, I think they imply that most, the, or the worst of the pollution is being confined into the the villages where the the native folks are living, and that, like, in town, like, I don't think Liz has dirty water. Uh, I haven't seen it be dirty, no. Or Kavik has dirty water. He even expects, like, all oh, those poor guys in the villages, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, because I, honestly, when she was washing her hands, I thought maybe she would, had gone home, and it's like, that was telling us that, oh, shit, the water's getting... 
it's it's affecting the white folks water now uh <laughs> oh no now she's got a problem but, with it yeah yeah but again i only watched this thing once oh by the way mm-hmm. uh, if you're watching us live because you're a club member first thank you for your support uh secondly uh go ahead if you got any questions or theories pop them in the chat and uh, we'll get to that in the instant talk portion um and if you're missing that and you're like oh shit i wish i could talk about true detective live with jim and aaron well support.ballmove.com next week um Okay, what else? There's just so much, so much fucking dense information. Um, oh, let me ask you this, uh, Navarro. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. she's got an orange in her hand, which we know is always a bad sign. She throws it out sure. in the darkness, and it comes back. <sighs> Super weird. But then later she sees somebody running out into the darkness. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is just like a vision of hers, because she's got this idea that she just wants to go like she talks about right just that's me and i'm just going and i'm never looking back but there's a person out there and then she runs after him hits her head on the ice passes out wakes up in like a war zone but holden seems to be there and says tell my mommy and then there's some backwards talk that i'll have to go reverse and listen to. yeah yeah um fuck i forgot about the concussion because all of the all of the real crazy stuff happens after she gets concussed. So, okay. Yeah. Team so rational when... fighting back out of its corner. <laughs> yeah. Thought you had his pin. No, no, no. Where's head trauma. There's black, <laughs> yeah. black water and hair and head trauma. QED. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but that's why, why is she seeing Liz's son? That is well. Are, is flashback. she or is she seeing? You know, because we don't know a lot about her. I think. I mean, obviously, that's my, my inference too. But like, why are it's we the polar assuming? Bear. Oh, right, the polar bear. Fuck yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's got to be Liz's kid, right? I don't know. And just that's tell my the thing. It's like hard, so. hard to explain. Um, I'm imagining. This, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Navarre would know that, right? She would know Liz's kind of tragic backstory. They got close enough. Uh, I would assume, yeah, pretty much everybody yeah. would would know that. What did you think Navarro meant when she was talking about Hank and the mind behind him? I don't know. I didn't catch that. Yeah, this is something they were talking about, like when she was like uh, getting mad that she wasn't pressing Hank or like wasn't. Uh, she's like, you know about Hank and the mind behind him. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Oh no, it's the mind behind him. That's what she said. Oh, that would make oh. more sense because I can't see. See, a mind I, I have too much psychosphere. I'm looking. I'm looking for <laughs> looking for shadows. The mind behind him. Yeah, that makes a lot more. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that makes even a stronger connection that like it might just be a f- follow the money rather than covering for some kind of diabolical cult shenanigans. It's just, man, I tell you what, the, 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 going back to season one, and, and maybe maybe it's a fool's errand to try to connect them to, but like the whole, that, the broad speaking, 30,000 uh, foot view of that season, it's a powerful family with political influences in Louisiana called the Tuttles that were setting up a bunch of Christian schools uh, to bilk money, uh, out of taxpayers, but also to uh, various upper echelon people in that institution, use that as a way to scout out vulnerable children. Mm-hmm. And it's hard not to make the conclusion about, like, when we're talking about this season being, you know, kind of fixated on, um, not fixated on, uh, prim- uh, dealing with a lot of, you know, these missing, murdered indigenous native women. 
that like the Tuttles are like, well, our shit's blown up here in the south. Let's head up north and prey on a new vulnerable population. And especially they went through and they like they were really like they'd flood into areas like the hurricanes hit and they would do like relief stuff and low income stuff. And I just wonder if they're just wonder if there's one connection. But again, that's that's a weird thing to be like, you know, shine a spotlight on an issue and be like, it's actual devil worshipers. I don't know. I got two wolves, <laughs> two wolves fighting inside me. Yeah. Everybody seems to be experiencing very similar phenomenon as well. And I know this has been talked about since the beginning with the microbes or the toxicity of the water or whatever is happening here. Um, but this is the one thing that I guess I didn't foresee the scientist doing when he woke up, which is saying absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Although he's saying things, he's saying we woke her up. He's he's matching like stories with people, but he's not giving us any information. Yeah, uh, he's singing from Clark's playbook. Yeah, I didn't think he'd be a raving madman when he woke up, but here we are. Man, what did you think about um, Liz doubling down on the uh, the chin tattoos? That that was like I, I still don't. I, does Leah episodes. know why? I don't know. That's my I'm biggest surprised question. Leah went on with it. Like, I, at, at some point, you got to be like, "Fuck you, mom." Yeah, this is my heritage. This is who I am. Why do you hate me? <laughs> like, yeah, the fuck, yeah. lady. Yeah, but I mean, I, I know it's complicated. I, here, here, here's my guess, stepmom. Here's my guess as to what is going through Liz's mind. She's lost a child. Mm-hmm. Um, she at some point in this episode, what is it? Uh, yeah, she, so Leah gets home and she says, "If you've been out there with those mind people, you know what happens to those people. It's dangerous yeah, yeah, yeah. to be one of them, right?" I think she thinks the same about being a it's native woman. About being here. a native yeah. woman. Yeah, I think this is a this is her reflexive reaction attempting to protect Leah, but it's coming across as is just this some kind of statistic that says asshole. Native American women with uh, facial tattoos are more at risk because it's like, you know... You're wearing it on your face either way, right? I was going to say, yeah, Leah's yeah. not like... I wouldn't say... I wouldn't accuse her of being white-passing, you know? It's like, I, it's like oh, you're, I did, wouldn't think you're a Native woman except for those chin lines, and that's But a it's a statement. Away. It's a statement, right? It's definitely a statement. So, yeah. And it might... Maybe it does. Maybe it does inflame, like, racist people, and it makes you more at risk. I, I, I would not... I would absolutely believe that if that's the case. Or but maybe just, it inflames yeah. the, the people at the, who work at the mine, right? Um, uh, because they associate the natives with doing the mass of the protesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's tied up in that. I think this is a protection thing, but Interesting. boy, it expresses itself in a real it's shitty way. really shitty. And if you were convinced that she's just a worst, uh, she outs herself as an all-caps te- all texter in this episode. D- oh, no, did she? Yeah, you just look at her and Pete's message history. It's all, oh, where yeah. are you with this guy? Why have you hacked this phone? You're under 30. <laughs> hack this phone. Like, it's, oh, have my you God. To yeah. At 3.30 yeah. in the morning. Any boss that expects you to be awake at 3.30 in the morning to answer a text. Sure. Could, could go walk into the ice. I feel like Pete's really fucking up this relationship with his wife, man. He yeah. is like, yeah. that whole, am I in trouble? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, he needs you to make just, a choice. Just, yeah, you broke the lamp at 4 o'clock in the morning. Now this lady's going to try to pass her final on three hours of sleep. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah, you're in trouble. 
that'd been the first time he'd probably be in trouble but like this doesn't seem like it's the first time he'd done something like that no and she's making the point that she's she's really struggling and i don't feel like it's sinking in right like when she says i'm what does she say i'm in nursing school raising a a child with a cop for a husband she's Mm -hmm. telling him like dude i'm really struggling here you need to help out a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and then he goes and answers his stupid phone so i will say the one thing you know we've been bagging on liz a couple weeks now um she is excellent with children she seems like that's maybe so the weird, type of right? mom that's a really good little boy, little girl mom, but then kind of doesn't know what to do with them when they transition to adolescence. But she is amazing with children. Yeah. No, I think she, that's what they're she telling was great us. with the mac and cheese scene. Yes, they're yeah. telling you she was very good probably with her child. I mean, everything we've seen of it. like Exactly. Yeah, she seems like she really loved being a mom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And... And take note, too, that that's not her child, right? I think that's part of it, too, is she's very good with other people's children now because she doesn't have the responsibility of protecting them. True, true. Uh, What do you think about the accident on a search? Because I couldn't help but notice um, another incidence of increased aggression. Like, uh, they're, they're talking to London there. And he's losing his mind, and all of a sudden, there's pandemonium happening in the lobby, and the camo guys <laughs> are going at the cops, and the doctors and nurses are getting their licks in. And but they, they said it was, there was an accident, like you know, someone Dick Cheney'd somebody out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it does seem like they're yeah, it does seem like it's just an instance of increased aggression too. Uh, again, probably connected with the Blackwater. Yeah. No, I'm super curious to see what exactly happened there and what's what's going to happen because hank is responsible for this right if it was a dick cheney situation hank's head should roll he brought in civilians to do this job untrained unqualified yes yeah and she told him not to and he ignored her and yeah but she probably won't do anything she'll throw another coffee in his face and that'll be it i guess yeah well, hey, man, do you think that we should uh, get to the audience participation part of this? Or do you have some, uh, sounds some like more? Fun. you got a hail of bullets to, to give us. All right. No. Uh, this is the part where we say goodbye to the non-club members. Support.baldmove.com if you want to get access to the instant talk, instant take uh, portion of the podcast. Uh, also, uh, we're less than a week away from our annual Groundhog Day fundraiser. Uh, this, this Groundhog, we are watching 24 hours of Spider-Man movies. Uh, we're starting noon this Friday, February 2nd, going to noon Saturday, February 3rd. We're raising money for the CureAls.org, the Cure Alzheimer's Fund, a uh, great charity that has a personal connection to me at least. And I know a lot of bald movers, a lot of people around the world. Uh, you can check us out on our Twitch or our YouTube page uh, during the duration of that. If you want to give some money, there's going to be some cool exclusive merch, some giveaways, some special appearances. Uh, check out more information on how to donate at groundhog.baldmove.com. True Detective at baldmove.com is how you give us feedback, and at baldmove everywhere is how you keep up with us on social media. Let's get to the instant talk portion now. <laughs> <laughs> 